Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Need a lot in terms of work. And uh, Achu uh, rightly mentioned it, that any single point you get in this tournament, you have to work your socks for. Now, South Africa and getting to that stage he's talking about, how realistic is it looking on paper? So, Nat, what's changed with South Africa over the years, you know, compared to the days of the Sean Butlers and the, you know, the Matt Fish and all these, to the new South African Bafana Bafana, is the difference is those players were playing in Europe. Majority of these boys were in Europe. And South Africa plays a high-pressing football. And that high-pressing football, uh, those players, you know, they were accustomed to that in Europe. But now these youngsters that are playing for the Bafana Bafana, most of them are playing for the Kaiser Chiefs and... Uh, all those clubs in South Africa. So the quality, the standard of being able to play the way they want to play to impose themselves on African teams in the tournaments, stuff like the AFCON, is becoming more difficult. Because if you have to play high pressing, you have to be very effective with the high pressing. You see them every game they play, they are always on the pace. You know, off their bikes they're going. But when you meet a team like Mali, that can slow the game down, technically a very good side that can, you know, control games, accelerate, they've got power, they can, they've got, they can actually score long volleys, create chances. The South African team will lose their pace, and that's where the problem is coming from. So I just think that technically, if there was another number 10 or a couple of players that can control games at some times or some point in the, in the games, that could have been a very massive help. But I, don't, I still don't see that. I see a South African, that's a team that's always on the, you know, off their bikes and quick to go. Mm. Well, um, it's time to look at it and start pushing the buttons in terms of what kind of scorelines we're looking for. At the end of all the talk, the big talk or whatever you'd want to give in terms of descriptions, it's the goals and the goals because the goals will make the difference. Now, let's get back to the fixtures now and start from the top and take a look at how realistic is looking in terms of uh, the scorelines that they can generate. So if we were all pushed you know, to, to, to look at Group D, the Group D fixture. Burkina Faso versus um, Mauritania? I think 1-1. One, 1-1, one. One, one, a draw? draw. Okay. Uh, Achu, Namibia, Tunisia? 2-1 two, Tunisia. 2-1 two, in favor of Tunisia. Tunisia. Okay. And uh, Mali, South Africa? 1-0 Mali. 1-0 Mali? 1-0 Mali. Okay. Bafana, Bafana. <laughs> <laughs> they are not your... He's not your best friend at this time. Well, gentlemen... Uh, thank you so much. It's been wonderful sharing your company this afternoon. And we sure are going to be doing some more when we come back tomorrow. And um, tomorrow we'll be reading your comments as well. So, uh, you know, just be following all of the Joy Sports pages on, uh, you know, on social media, on Instagram, on X, and on Facebook as well. And we'll bring you the topics ahead of the time so that you can contribute to the show. So thanks to Karim, uh, the philosophical Karim. Uh, thanks to uh, Achu, the cool calm and collected Achu, and of course, uh, uh, the coach with swag, Kojo uh, Jima. We'll be back tomorrow at the same time, 1 p.m., to bring you another AFCON today. In the meantime, you stay well. Keep it here on Joy 99.7 FM, on Joy News, and on Joy Prime as well. My name is Nathaniel Atto, and I have love for sport.
biggest game on the continent. Welcome to the marketplace. Coming up this afternoon, bilateral creditors reject haircut with Ghana, expected to commence servicing of external debts after four years. We'll tell you more as the finance minister heads to China next week. Also coming up, rating agency Fitch expects Ghana to emerge from default on its foreign currency debt in 2024. My name is Daryl Kwao. Thanks for being with us. Details coming up. And thanks for staying with us, everyone. Now, rating agency Fitch expects Ghana to emerge from default on its foreign currency debt in 2024. 
In its regional sub-Saharan African sovereign's outlook, it said that Ghana will come good in terms of restructuring its debts. Here's more in this report. The UK-based firm said the macro outlook for sub-Saharan Africa in 2024, including Ghana, points to stable median real gross domestic product growth and lower average inflation, which nonetheless remains high across a number of sovereigns. It, however, expects financing challenges to persist as most sub-Saharan African sovereigns do not have affordable access to international capital markets without credit enhancements. It forecasts a gradual fiscal consolidation due to financing constraints and fiscal reform efforts, which in many cases are linked to international monetary fund programs. This consolidation, it believes, will help government debt to the size of the economy to broadly stabilize. It warned that multilateral funding will remain a key support more broadly across the region. However, risks remain tilted to the downside. Well, on Zoom with us is Professor Williams, Associate Professor of Finance at the Andrews University. Uh, good afternoon to you from here. Uh, what do you make of this uh, forecast by Fish and what would it mean for our economy and our uh, situation going forward? You know, on your viewers, um, I mean, um, this, uh, this prediction is coming at a time where Ghana is having the negotiation with this bilateral um, creditors to be able to meet the IMF requirement. Um, indeed, um, it's expected that if all things go well as we are anticipating, um, our balance of payment will, will improve. We may have foreign currencies to increase um, our, um, our financial transactions in, 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 uh, to be able to honor our commitment in foreign currencies. Um, that is the essence why IMF gives um, this kind of um, financing. So, for Ghana to be able to get out of this debt um, default, um, foreign debt default situation, um, it means that we have to be in a position to have a lot of foreign currencies. And that is what is gradually happening. Mm. Um, it may take some time, but once we get the IMF approving uh, the second tranche, um, it is anticipated that other um, donors will also follow suit to support Ghana's economy. Um, you know, the IMF program, um, though we see it as a, a unit, but it also comes with its benefits, seeing that other um, supporting entities coming in. For example, um, once the IMF loan is approved, um, already we know the World Bank is ready to give Ghana $250 million, which is also towards the economy and um, resuscitation. So these are some of the of, of the plans that will help our balance of payment to improve. And once we have a lot of foreign currencies coming in, we may be in the position to honor our um, foreign currency um, commitments. Yeah, and Fitch, however, in its uh, sovereign's outlook, expects financing challenges to persist as. Uh, most sub-Saharan African uh, countries like Ghana do not have affordable access to 
international capital markets without uh, credit enhancements. What sort of challenge does this present, and how do we get around it as a country? I mean, you know, we we for countries in Sub-Saharan Africa, when we went to okay, let me put it this way: we started going to international markets to borrow, bring the money in to ensure rapid development. The 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 point is on rapid development. So most of the of the foreign uh, loans we have taken uh, in Sub-Saharan Africa come in to support this. Uh, development, but we realize that um, with, the, with the challenges coming in, that we are not able to service our loan, like in the case of Ghana, and then also having foreign currency challenges, we we uh, will not be able. And then the third one is our, our ratings, our risk levels have become very high because of liquidity challenges. Um, that is why we see that um, it's going to be a major issue for for country like Ghana. How to get out of this? So without the international capital market giving us financing, um, it means that we may have to live within our means. Um, government may have to look at which project they need to cut or suspend to be able to use the tax that we generate within the country to be able to um, satisfy this um, or complete these projects. And uh, simply put, uh, as the IMF say, we have to slow down development or we have to slow down some aspects of the growth of the economy. And that is why we see IMF or World Bank, normally when they see that the country is out of the international capital market, they they actually to reduce your your expected GDP growth. So so once you see the expectation of GDP growth is coming down, it gives you an indication that the country may have some liquidity challenges, and that is what we have experienced now. So my the advice to get out of this is we and especially this is a political season, and political parties must be careful with their campaign messages and promises knowing that our tax revenue will not be able to help us to fulfill those promises. Our promises a political party may, should give or may give must be within what is uh, that something that's within our budget. Uh. Uh, in the past, both parties who have managed Ghana, they've come out with huge, huge promises. And when they come to implement, the funds are not there then they go out to borrow. But this time, that we have learned our lessons. It is better to, to, to come out with a promise that you can fulfill within your, our means, the means of Ghana, not to try to borrow too much so that we find ourselves in the, the mess that we have now. Okay. Meantime, we're getting some indication of uh, the debt restructuring agreement reached with bilateral creditors. Uh, for instance, there will be no haircut on the $5.4 billion a dollar bilateral debt shall be restructured. And the cut-off date now pegged at December 2022. Also, payment of interest and principal uh, will be done after four years. The finance minister, Ken Ophiata, has been speaking uh, to my colleague, George Yafe, in an interview that airs on Thursday. He insists negotiations are yet to be finalized on the various terms. What do you make of the terms as we know them now, the best deal the country could get? Uh, so, Daryl, um... So if you remember, um, 
for me, this this is not new to me. Um, the the structure of the term granted to Ghana was the one that was offered to us when the COVID pandemic persist, um, persisted. So during May 2020 up to December 2021, the debt suspension um, initiative that was um, started by the G20 is the same approach or the same deal that has been offered Ghana. Mm. So that is what is in the term. That remember, we Ghana was supposed to accept this um, terms, but we failed to to sign on to it. I mean, they there were about seventy three countries, but only forty eight accepted the terms at that time. Um, so the only difference that we have seen is that the cutoff date is the one that has come to um, December twenty twenty two. What if we really understand the G20 um, program? It means that this is the time that the government of Ghana may have to approach each individual bilateral um, entity or creditor to either negotiate on how you restructure or you reprofile the debt. And the, the from indications, what we are hearing is that they have given Ghana to do uh, to do this within four years. So within the period of from twenty twenty from this time up to twenty twenty six, the government uh, the government of Ghana may be talking to these bilateral creditors. And let me let me repeat them. I think there are three main strategies that are involved in the G uh, twenty common framework. You restructure which may include um, haircuts and now which is taken off the table. So you reprofile or you can ask for debt forgiveness. So these are the options for Ghana under this agreement that we are going to negotiate. So on paper, we will go to IMF and say, yes, we have a rich agreement with our bilateral um, entities under the J20. But then actual negotiations of what we will get from each creditor will be based on whether we reprofile our debts with a creditor or we restructure the debts which may include a haircut or we ask for debt forgiveness. Yeah. And depending on whatever you, you get, I mean, that's what uh, may, 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 may work for Ghana. Well, the finance minister is headed for next week. He's also expected to meet bondholders. What is this meeting intended to achieve, do you think? So, as I, as I mentioned, um, China, probably our best bet of strategy or discussion is how are we going to reprofile our debt? Because China will not give us any haircut. So, I know that China, they have reprofiled debt for some countries in, in South Saharan Africa. So, that should be our strategy that the 1.5 or 1.9 billion that we owe them. How do we um, reprofile them in terms of the duration on the loans? If something something can be done to to, to extend the repayment periods, in that case, um, it's going to change the the yearly um, amount that we have to pay to China. Um, for our commercial um, creditors, especially the euro bondholders, I mean, uh, they really understand that when you purchase a bond. The interest charge 
the interest rate or the coupon rate uh, is based on how risky the country is. So one of them normally, which is part of the prospectus, is sovereign risks and credit risks. Um, so uh, based on these two, they they know that I mean they may they, they may suffer some kind. Of, these risks will cause them to change their position. But the argument will be that if bilateral countries have given us some room to maneuver in, in causing reduction of repayment, can they also give us room? Um, in terms of um, causing a reduction. The, the, the signal is that once we do not get a haircut from the bilateral creditors, it may also be very difficult for us to get haircut from the bondholders. Mm. My best bet, the bondholders will go in, will move on the same line of the external creditors where government of Ghana we have to pursue reprofiling in terms of the duration, uh, uh, the repayment periods on on, on, on on our debt, and really not getting haircuts on them. The, the reprofiling of our debt may, may cause a reduction in the interest and principal payment, but it will lengthen the, the duration that we have to make these payments. So okay. if we are supposed to pay in five years, probably uh, and pay, say, um, an amount of, say, $1 million every year. Probably they may say, okay, All right. pay to us in seven years, but you pay $700 million in every year. Something like that, that is what, um, for, for someone who does not understand these terms, this is what probably is going to happen. Uh, it's always insightful speaking with you, uh, Professor Williams Pippa, Associate Professor of Finance at the Andrews University. I appreciate the insight there. Now, rice and rubber value chains could rake in $100 million annually if properly invested in. That's according to Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Incentive-Based Risk Sharing System for Agricultural Lending, Gersa Kwesi Kobo. Speaking to Joy Business, after Absa Bank Ghana received an award for its role in agricultural financing, Mr. Kobo indicated that agri-lending has increased since the establishment of Gersa. He ever says that more can be done to improve the sector. The absence of financing limits the average acreage of cultivated farmlands, prospects of agro-processors and value chain actors. This impedes agricultural growth with consequences for the macroeconomy as a whole. In Ghana, the financial sector players involved in agricultural financing include banks, rural banks, savings and loans companies, and microfinance institutions. These financial bodies have been hesitant in investing in the agri sector due to risks. However, Chief Executive Officer of Ghana Incentive-Based Risk Sharing System for Agricultural Lending, Kwesikobo, disclosed that agricultural lending increased due to the system put in place to support the sector. The reality is that no, only have we seen agricultural lending improving in quantum. I've also seen some sectors change. Let me give you an example. Take the rubber value chain, for example. Yes, you may say rubber is not food, but it's agriculture. And those who process caplams exports bring needed foreign exchange. Since our operation is 2019, we have helped set up two indigenous rubber factories in this country. And if we're able to through our assistance, help work with the banks, 
finance and more rubber factories that they can bring in minimum and these are indigenous companies owned by Ghanaians 50 million dollars a year annually I mean that I believe is remarkable and that is a clear manifestation of what we've done currently we're also now pioneering a new model in a rice value chain we've just done the first deal in our front planes we are about working on the second one and we're hoping that and that's we're doing collaboration with DBG with APSA is also very much involved in one of them and that is that we're hoping that by end of the year we should have leveraged finance of close to 50 million dollars in a rise value chain as part of building and maintaining relationships with the financial institutions, Gesal awards its partners every year. For 2023, the winning banks were Absa Bank Ghana Limited, Fidelity Bank Limited, and Consolidated Bank Ghana Limited. Take a listen to some of the awardees. It's, it's a valuable partnership for us. Um, we are committed to growing our exposure in the agricultural sector, and that's a, a stated objective all the way from the board of the bank through to management to ensure that as a primarily indigenous bank we are at the forefront of things that matter to Ghanaians and we believe that if we continue to positively impact and understand that sector then that dream of achieving a higher level of self-reliance and if you like not just food security but employment, other bits and areas that agriculture impacts on becomes a reality. In as much as the agricultural sector is full of opportunity, it is also still very, very real. If you're a Kia K5 GT and Kia Forte GT owner, this is your reminder to breathe. See that sophisticated interior? Enjoy those sensations. And now, imagine how you look from the outside and that speed that only a Kia GT sedan can give you. Sorry, I can't help but get excited. For those lives full of thrilling emotions, the all-powerful, all-fun Kia GT sedans. Kia, movement that inspires. Limited inventory available. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. We have to be very clear. It is an area that's risky. So when you are going into it, you need to be clear how you can support, what kind of solutions, what kind of structures, what kind of practical interventions you put in place. So one of the things we do as a bank is that we actually provide capacity building for these farmers around how to keep their books, how to manage their finances, separating personal finances from business finances, building the discipline. That also enables us with our deep understanding of the sector to actually put together credit applications that are very good quality because we work together with the farmers, we work together with our partners to make sure that whatever we are putting on the table as an opportunity for financing is one that will be repaid. Always remember that the money the bank gives out is other people's money. It has to be paid back. Gersal is a non-banking financial institution established to de-risk agricultural financing and stimulate increased lending to the agri-sector. You're watching the marketplace. Time now for the Joy Business Advisory Series. Yesterday we began a conversation on taxes and if you missed, you may want to catch the discussion um, on myjoyonline.com. There are videos over there because uh, there are some tax reliefs you're um, supposed to be enjoying as individuals and businesses. Did you know? Well, we are continuing our conversation with Associate Director of Tax and Regulatory Services at Deloitte Wizong Pano. Welcome back. And uh, today we are focusing on big businesses. Uh, what are they up against uh, with the introduction of um, the recent uh, tax measures by the government? It seems like it's going to be a pretty tough year for them. Right. Thank you. Um, so... 
as you said yesterday, we began with individual taxes. Today we are looking at uh, big businesses. Uh, what are they up against? So um, 2023 was a year that we had um, a lot of taxes. We had a growth and sustainability levy coming through. We had the uh, VAT going up uh, from 12.5% to 15%. Mm -hmm. um, in this year, 2024, uh, not many new taxes, but then we've had um, some changes to the VAT exemptions regime uh, where businesses such as um, the insurance companies will now uh, be within the VAT scope where they would have to charge VAT on the insurance pr uh, premiums. Domestic airline companies also uh, now have to charge VAT on their um, uh, services to, to customers. And then um, the general increase in some uh, excise taxes would mean that businesses would have some increase in cost in terms of taxes. All right. Um, so um, tell us about the techniques. I mean, how can they navigate? I mean, it's almost a point of question right now. How can they navigate the, the, the recent tax measures so that um, their businesses are sustainable? Right. So, um, so how businesses can navigate, I put that in uh, four buckets. So the first one is to assess what the tax changes mean to you, the tax cost for your business. So it's important you are assessing uh, the cost implications uh, from a tax point of view uh, to your budget and what that means uh, in your pricing and how your operations will go this year. Uh, secondly, uh, it's important for the businesses that are affected to make changes to their reporting uh, structure that they have. I mentioned the insurance companies will now have to charge VAT mm. on uh, insurance pre premium, and that is limited to non-life insurance companies. So they would have to start making the changes uh, to their reporting structure. Do they have the resources to file monthly VAT? That would be important. Real estate companies uh, letting out uh, places would also now charge VAT on 5%, which is a flat rate compared to standard uh, rate that they were doing. So... Uh, real estate companies also need to make changes to what they report and critically check whether they have the resources, they have the expertise, or they are bringing in expertise outside, from outside the organization to make sure that they meet these compliance requirements. Uh, thirdly, um, in a year where you have um, high task costs, all companies, all businesses will have to make sure that they are identifying all tax deductions available to them and all tax incentives and make mm. sure that they are making the most out of it. Typical example is that we have already in our law uh, deduction for um, additional deduction when you employ fresh graduates. A company is taking advantage of this. Uh, you can get up to 50% of the salaries and wages of fresh graduates. So this is a time to look out for uh, what the deductions are available for the company and make sure you are getting the most out of all your deductions, whether it means you are keeping the right records, you are having the supporting uh, documents to support your expenses, and, of course, taking advantage of uh, things like the graduate deduction uh, that we have available to companies. And in this year, we've had some companies having some exemption. Uh, local production of sanitary towels will now go at 0% uh, VAT, so companies in that space should make sure that they are taking advantage of that um, 
this year and going forward. Then lastly, uh, what I would say is that in a high tax environment, businesses should have a tax rate strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are changes. I mentioned yesterday that um, I would describe our tax system as fluid because these changes keep coming and um, it means different things for different businesses. You would have to have a tax strategy where you identify where your tax rates will come from because coupled with these changes in taxes, um, it's also a drive from the Revenue Authority uh, to implement a robust uh, tax audit system. So businesses should have a tax strategy, identify where their tax rates is coming from, and have a plan around what you would do in your next tax audit and how you plan to uh, assess or how you plan to handle right. that tax audit. That's a, the, the tax strategy include tax avoidance, which is perfectly legal. Well, um, so tax avoidance, um, better put, tax planning. So your tax strategy should include some tax planning, uh, knowing, and that, um, that includes knowing the uh, benefits under the tax law available to the company and taking advantage of those uh, benefits, which is, a, which is uh, different from tax evasion. Yeah, so tax planning should be part of your tax uh, strategy planning how you identify risks, how you mitigate those risks, and how you address those risks uh, when they do come up uh, would be important components of your tax strategy. All right. We have barely two minutes. I want to I, I ask you about, I mean, you talked about the tax exemption, so I want to ask you about um, what, what sort of impact you think they are going to make, how significant um, of, of an impact is that going to be on the operations of businesses and how, how do we also ensure that there, there is compliance? I mean, what systems do you put in place to ensure there is compliance to uh, these tax measures? Right. So um, when it comes to uh, the, the incentives or exemptions, so uh, these are very targeted. Um, like I mentioned, you have the uh, sanitary towel uh, space where companies manufacturing those locally would have uh, the zero rating on their uh, output. Uh, you also have uh, extension of VAT zero rating for textile manufacturing uh, companies, which uh, the importance of that cannot be underscored. The textile industry, for instance, has been um, badly affected by uh, various external factors, and this support over the past uh, few years have been very mm. important for them. So I believe uh, set targeted sector-specific uh, exemptions and incentives would help drive have the sector up and running, drive the uh, domestic production we are talking about, and employment. 30 seconds, how do you approach tax compliance? Uh, For 2024, uh, do not miss uh, your uh, compliance, but importantly, do not miss where you have advantages to take for your business through deductions and also through incentives that are available to various businesses. All right. Uh, great having you on the marketplace with Zongpano, Associate Director, Tax Regulatory Services, Deloitte Ghana. I appreciate your time. And that's the marketplace. Uh, more news on our website, nigeraonline.com forward slash business. There's more on our top story, actually two of them. External debt restructuring of to travels with China next week. Government to meet bondholders. Also, we have the, that Fitch Solutions uh, Surveillance Outlook report for you to read, nigeraonline.com forward slash business. My name is Daryl Kwa. Thanks for being with us. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.